Well, greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is always a pleasure to have you here in the program, uh, His Word. Here we are reading the Word of God and hearing what the Lord is saying to us through His Word. I'm Tim Gostube and I'm a believer. I have taken a decision or I made a decision to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Today we are taking the second lesson or the second Bible study session where we are looking into the first book of Corinthians. Uh, we will be taking today verse 4 to verse 9, just five verses that we will read. I believe you watched the first uh, or watch or listen to the first session where we are looking in uh, verse 1 to verse 3 where we saw that Paul uh, uh, was the writer of the book co-authored by the brother whom he refers to as Sosthenes uh, is a co-writer. The book was written to the church in Corinth and it was also written to us as Christians, as, as, as verse 2 says, to those sanctified in Jesus Christ and called to be, to, to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before we start, can we just pray? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for this opportunity to gather to read your word. It is our prayer that may your word speak to us reveal what you are saying to us so we can mend our ways or live according to your standard or as you expect us to live as your children. Help us, God. Let it be done today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I will read from verse 4 to verse 9 from the NIV. It reads thus, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of the Lord. God who, is, who has called you in fellowship with his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. Well, there are things that we need to note from this, these verses. Actually, it's a very, very interesting uh, biblical foundation for, the, for us as Christians. If you want to counsel someone or you want to just give advice to someone, it is also important to make them understand who they are and what they have and just to bring their confidence so they be sure of who they are. So Paul in these verses is like he wants the church in Corinth and us as Christians to know who we are in Christ. Now, if you read all these verses, they talk, they have the word Christ, the word Christ. I'll say verse four says you have his grace given to you in Christ Jesus. Verse 5 says, for in him, that is Jesus Christ. If you go to verse 6, it also says you a testimony about Christ. If you go to verse 7, you don't like any spiritual uh, gift as you wait, uh, eagerly wait for our Lord 
Jesus Christ. Verse 8, he also says, he will keep you strong to the end so that you will be, able, be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the last verse says, God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. So all the verses, they have Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, uh, you, you, you will get deeper into all that he is saying. Now, let's go to verse 4. Paul is talking about thanking God for the brethren in Corinth, for the brethren who have been saved. He is thanking God for that. It was typical for, for if you read the other letters that were written by Paul, you get to understand that this is something that he used to do to thank God. If you read Romans chapter 1, verse 8, uh, you, you, you find that Paul says, or the Bible says, first, I thank God, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. He's thanking God for them, for all of you. So he prays for them. Maybe let me read a verse that reveals how he thanks God. Ephesians uh, uh, chapter 1 verse 16. Because you also find si such writing in, uh, in Philippians chapter 1 verse 3 to 4. And if you read Ephesians 1 verse 16 it says, I do not cease to give thanks, thanks for you. How does he give the thanks? If you read, remember you, remembering you in my prayers. So he prays for the brethren. He is giving thanks to God for their, their salvation. We will read here for who they are. He's praying for, for them. That's the first thing that he is saying. One will argue that Paul is saying, I pray for you. I pray for you, the Corinthians. As the book is written also to us as Christians, it means a person who is a leader of a church or whoever is in the church, it is important that you pray for the brethren. You pray for other brethren in their faith in God. Now, you say, I thank God for you because of the grace given to you. If we get down to the definition of grace, what is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. If I can give an example of how to express grace, grace, assuming you you have taken a loan from a bank and you are supposed to make monthly payments and you default, say maybe for through two months you are unable to make payments, actually the bank has a right to possess that car, that house, or whatever uh, item asset they can attach to at least to pay back, to get back their money. Now, if the bank calls you and say, we have given you grace, never mind. You can, when you are right in the right time, when your economy is okay, or when you have received your money, your pay, we, you can then come to pay for us. They have given you grace. Now, what is the grace to us as Christians? We know very well that uh, all people have sinned. As we are born on this earth, you are a sinner. It is only when you are saved through the blood of the Lamb that you are delivered. And then now you are no longer destined for, 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 for hell. So if you read Romans chapter 11, verse 5, I'll read for you. It said, So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of work, works. Otherwise, grace will be no longer grace. What does that mean? The people of Corinth 
they have received Jesus Christ. They are now Christians. They have received the grace. As people without Jesus Christ, they were destined for hell. But because of the grace of God, which is received not by works, not because they qualify, because some of them were Gentiles. So they, as us as Gentiles, we, don't, we didn't, don't even have qualify to be there. But it is grace that has brought us to Jesus Christ, to God. Now we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, For by grace you have been saved, it is through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. So the grace he's referring to, the people of, uh, of Corinth, they have been saved through grace, which they have not worked for, but it has only been provided by God himself. So we have been saved as Christians. Now we are saved through the blood of the Lamb, not because of works. So you cannot work out, uh, pay someone, or do whatever tasks such that you are saved. You are just saved by faith and it is free done by the Lord Jesus Christ. So instead of going to hell to experience the wrath of God, now we have eternal life in Christ. For God says those who have his son have eternal life. So Paul is saying that they have the eternal life. They have been saved in Christ, as he says in verse 4. He assures them in Christ. Now, if you go, go to verse 5, for in him, again, in Christ, you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge. We have to understand that in the time uh, uh, Paul wrote this book or this letter to the Corinthian church, it was a Greek community where education or knowledge was very valuable. Someone who is actually uh, good, eloquent in speak, or someone in speech. I'm sorry, someone who was uh, knowledgeable was given that much honor. They then you you are respected in society because of the honor. Now, Paul wants to assure them that because you are in Christ, you have all the knowledge, and you have all uh, the in your speech. You your speech will be full of knowledge. In other words, you are you don't lack anything. God has given you wisdom. If you read the Bible, it talks a lot about wisdom found in Christ. Maybe let me give a, a definition of knowledge. Knowledge is defined as a skill acquired by a person through experience. So the people of uh, uh, Corinth, Paul is saying, you have that skill. The, this experience is also received all through experience. So the knowledge, sorry, the knowledge comes through uh, experience and also education. So Paul wants them to be sure that because now they are in Christ, they have the knowledge. They have the knowledge. If you read the Bible in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. They have the knowledge. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 talks about the gifts that come through the Holy Spirit that uh, give them wisdom and utterance of knowledge. So 
They have, Paul is giving them assurance. Don't be scared. You are not lacking anything as you are in Christ through the Spirit of God. God has given you knowledge. Now you are deep in knowledge. You are now valuable. You have the value. You have the recognition in society. You are strong. Don't be uh, weak or feel like you are useless. As Christians, because we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, now we are we, we, we are in the right standing in terms of knowledge. We have the knowledge. James 1 uh, verse 5 says the knowledge, uh, sorry, the knowledge or the wisdom that we need, we can ask from God. So if we know Jesus Christ, we get the knowledge that we need to live. So Paul is assuring them that now you have the knowledge in Christ. If we take in again verse 6, it reads, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. If you read it from the CEV version, it says, uh, now you are certain that everything we told you about our Lord Jesus Christ is true. What is the testimony? What is it that it makes them Satan? What are they, why are they certain? What are they certain of? Now, Paul has uh, given them the assurance that in Christ, that's the, the assurance that they, in Christ they have been saved they, through the grace. In Christ they have been enriched. So if you say it's because of our testimony, now you are certain that everything we preach to you was told about Christ is true now through the holy spirit that you have received as you are enriched in the knowledge as you are now under grace it is true that's what you have be assured be certain that you are now under grace be certain that now you have the knowledge as believers in the lord jesus christ now he goes to verse 7 he says therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Now, he's talking about spiritual gift that we will read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he's, where he explains in detail the different kinds of the spiritual gift. But Paul is speaking about this at the beginning of the, the, the verse, that you do not lack any spiritual gift. Maybe the brethren were feeling like they are not complete. If you read the book, I think it's the book of Romans, Paul is saying, uh, Romans chapter 1, Paul is saying, I'm willing to come, uh, the writer of the book of Romans, because there's quite a lot that's said about it. But the writer of Romans, if we, we claim to be Paul, he says, I, I want, I'm willing to come and impact some of the spiritual gifts to you. So he's giving them assurance that the spiritual gift they already have, there is no need for him to come and impact or to lay them, uh, lay hands on them so they can receive the, the, the spiritual gift or the impartations. Because they've received Jesus Christ, they already have the spiritual gifts as a church. So now we know, verse, uh, First Corinthians chapter 12, we, we get to understand that the, the, the church is given the different spiritual gifts. They are given by the Lord God Almighty for the edification of the church. So he's making them know that they don't have to wait for him to come to their area or to Corinth down where they are so he can pray for them. They already in ministry, they are already Christians, they are already in Christ, they are under grace, they have the knowledge, let them continue to work, they have the spiritual gifts. He's given them assurance of who they are 
in Christ. One of the very important things that we actually normally preach when someone is has just accepted the Lord Jesus Christ is referred to as a assurance of salvation. Because if you are not sure of your salvation, you find yourself time and again uh, uh, saying, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior over and over and over again. You find that maybe sometimes you, you try to pray, but you feel a voice like, no, you're not really a Christian. Maybe you're just walking in town and something tells you, no, you're not really a Christian. But it is important that you get uh, to a point where you are sure that I have done what the word of God has said and therefore I I am a Christian. So we need that kind of uh, uh, faith and uh, zeal and certainty as Christians so we can do many things. You see, when you know who you are and what you have and what you you have been and who you are at present and the, all the, the, the qualities that you have now, you are able to take a step. So Paul has told them, in Christ you have been saved. In Christ you have the knowledge. In Christ you, you have been confirmed. Now we are certain of what we have preached. Because we are sure of that, you have the spiritual gift. You don't, don't lack anything. You are ready to go. As you wait for the return or as you uh, you have any spiritual gift, as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Because the fact is, the Lord Jesus Christ will be revealed. He will return on earth and take his church. Or if you die, you go to heaven or you go to hell, depending on where you were, whether you were born again or you were not. So he's saying eagerly waiting for the Lord. Now, we are eagerly waiting for the return of the Lord, uh, so they just have to be sure that what they have will keep them strong. So he said, he will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless in the day of Jesus Christ. Paul is still building their confidence. You will be blameless because there is still the day that is coming, which is the day of the Lord. We hear about the day of the Lord in the Old Testament. We also have the day of the Lord in the New Testament. The day of the Lord is the judgment day, which Paul is, is, is talking about. You will be blameless on the judgment day or on the day of the Lord. Jesus Christ will keep you. You have accepted him. He has given you the spiritual gift. You are strong enough and he will also be with you and present you blameless. Remember he talked about grace? Because you are under grace, you will be uh, presented blameless before the Lord. As Christians, we will be presented as blameless before the Lord. Not because we are blameless in terms of our in our own understanding, but it is because of our of the grace of God that we are blameless before God. Because of Jesus Christ who died for us, then we are blameless before God. That is what is saying. Listen, it is also through Jesus Christ. Verse 9, he says, God who has called us into fellowship with his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, is faithful. Why does it bring the issue of faithfulness of God? Paul wants them to be sure that what he is saying is true. They don't have to doubt. You see, when it's talking about a faithful God, they, he wants them to be Satan, that God is there, is with them. He understands that as a church, they are in which position and they are under grace. They have the spiritual gifts. They are strong enough. Let them not doubt who they are. Do not doubt as a Christian what you are. 
you are a Christian, you have been saved, Jesus Christ has given you knowledge, the Lord Jesus Christ has also given you spiritual gifts. You do not need any uh, divine intervention, maybe something that will make you maybe feel, I don't know what, you're expecting uh, that will make you to be sure that now I have the spiritual gifts, but you have it is in you. You accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. God gave you gifts. Actually, these works were said before we came on this earth that God gave us these works for the works of service. We are ready for the works of service. God wants us to work. So you have it. It is in you. Take the challenge and walk in Christ. Do not be afraid and ask a lot of things. God is faithful. The one who has made you to be what you are, to be a Christian, the one who has saved you, who has put you under grace, is faithful to lead you through. God who has called you to be into fellowship. Now he's talking about fellowship. What is fellowship? It's very important to understand fellowship. Fellowship defined by the Apple Dictionary is that it's a friendly association, especially between people who share one interest or a common interest. What's the common interest between a Christian or a human being who is saved and Jesus Christ is to serve God and to do his will. Is that you just live a life that pleases God. That's the same, uh, the, the, the common interest. Your focus is in pleasing God, doing the will of God. So if you have the fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, he has called us to fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Fellowship is quite broad if we can talk in this, but for the sake of time, let's focus on the fellowship with Jesus Christ where you have a relationship with with Jesus Christ and the relationship focuses you or aligns you to God's purpose about your life, which is in Jesus Christ. Now, as we conclude, we can say that uh, in the Corinth, Corinth is the work of Christ, not Paul. Paul wants them to understand because as we go to 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 read, uh, we're going to read some of the verses. We will understand that there was this uh, fight that I belong to Apollos, I belong to Paul. So Paul wants them to know that this is the work of Christ. He say in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, because he understands that he wants them to know that. All this is the works of Christ. It is not him as Paul. They are sustained in faith by the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not Paul who sustains them in faith. It is not your pastor who sustains you in faith, but it is the Lord Jesus Christ. We eagerly wait for Jesus Christ, not for Paul. We eagerly wait for his return, not for the pastor or for Paul in this case to return, but eagerly wait for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is making the focus that the focus, let it not be him, but let the focus be the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, as Christians, uh, if your focus is on pleasing whoever is your leader, in this case, it was Paul, you become short-sighted. But if you focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you grace, who has saved you, you understand that what you have is for him. Your focus is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants them to know that all will end in the day of the Lord. All that we do will end in the day of the Lord. We are still going into the judgment day. Everything that we do, 
will be brought to books. As I record, it will be brought to books. Was it for my glory or for the glory of the Lord? Was it everything that we do, we, we sing, as we preach, as we pray, whatever you do, it will be brought into the books on the day of the Lord. If we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, what is Paul saying here to the church? He's saying the gifts of the Spirit are from God. Not that he has to come and lay hands. The spiritual gifts are from God. People are blessed by God and they're given those gifts by the Lord Jesus Christ. And these gifts, they are already working. He wants them to know that the gifts are already working in them. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are already working in the church. If it's a church where they are saved believers... Even if before, even before the pastor will pray, that we pray, or whoever is leading the church, we pray for the spiritual gift uh, uh, to come, the people will already be working in their spiritual gift. They just need to, be, uh, to understand who they are in Christ and what now they are new creatures. And God automatically gives them the desire to focus on their spiritual gifts and they work where they are. Even if you pray for them, when you pray for them, it is a good thing as a pastor because you are, uh, you are giving them confidence. But people already have the spiritual gift. They are already working. As a church where you are, you, if you are focusing on Jesus Christ, let me say that. If you are a brethren who is focusing on Jesus Christ, who is a, a true Christian, you have a spiritual gift. Just keep working on it. You don't have to wait until someone prays for you. Maybe you fall down or you speak in tongues. You already have a spiritual gift. That's what Paul wanted them to know. that You don't need to wait for me, Paul, to come back again to lay hands on you. You already have the spiritual gift. Get to work. Now, they will be there till the Lord Jesus Christ. Our spiritual gifts, they will continue. One actually said, it's not good what I'm going to quote, but one, people, one person said, I'm sorry, uh, if you, you find that God gives a person a spiritual gift, say for praying for people, even if the prayer person is no longer in the right standing with God, he will continue to do the work. Such that it's very difficult to, to see that someone who is actually doing mighty things is still under his grace or is, is fallen from grace. So it's very important that as Christians we be in the right standing with Christ as someone who is doing the work of God, but also as a believer who is a congregant, be able to discern that no, whoever is doing this thing is no longer in Christ. But God uh, assures us that we have the gifts and they will be there till Jesus Christ. What is the theology of this text? Is that God is faithful to keep us till the end and that he has made us rich in Christ, rich in Christ, and that we are called into fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ. So today as we close, we are saying, what are we saying to you? You are a Christian, saved in the blood of the Lamb, under grace, no longer destined for hell, but now destined for heaven through our Lord Jesus Christ. You don't lack anything. You are complete. Just keep working for God. Jesus, God, he has given you a spiritual gift. You just have to keep working. You just have to keep doing his work because God has given you the confidence in Christ. He has given you the, the Holy Spirit. Keep working for God, keep working for Christ. And please, let's know that whatever we do, we are not doing it because we are still in the committee uh, when our term of office is over or when we are a pastor and you have retired, you are no longer a, a pastor. Your ministry, it is until the Lord Jesus Christ come over, till 
we come face to face to him. It is until we come and we are made blameless to God. We will be revealed as blameless to God because of Jesus Christ. Uh, grace. So what are we saying? We are Christians. Let's be confident. We have been given what we are supposed to do. Let's get in work. Let's get working for the Lord Jesus Christ. As we end this lesson, I believe the Lord has actually ministered to you. And let's take some time to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word. I want to pray for the believer. Father, or whoever is watching this, maybe it's a Christian who is still young, just accepted you, Lord, as a personal savior and is not sure what to do in terms of the spiritual gifts. It feels like somebody has to pray for him or her such that he can do mighty things. He's already having the spiritual gift. I pray, God, that you give them the confidence through this word that they take courage and to do your work. Father, we pray that you help us in all that we do as we do your work. Let us be faithful to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.